Hello and welcome to the Way Up North podcast. My name is Erin and I am the event planner for Way Up North and also the host for the podcast series. Today we are talking to one of our non-photographer speakers, JC Lamerton of Killer Content, and we're going to get a bit of an idea about what she does and what to expect from her at the show. So let's get into it. So yeah, JC, why don't you start by just telling us, uh, you know, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay, so I'm JC Lamerton and I run Killer Content, which is a very small agency. It's a collective actually. That's how we prefer to run it. We um, There's a group of us because we've all been in and around marketing for ever <laughs> we've we've <laughs> gathered together quite a network of of really good people so rather than building an agency we decided to run it as um uh, collaborative working and so that means for clients that means that we can put the right team together rather than having to kind of adapt our team to the client so it works mm-hmm. really well for clients and what we do what we focus on the core of our activity is content strategy content marketing um, but we do all kinds of writing, really. We do write websites and we write brochures and we write ebooks and all kinds of things. But what we do best is content marketing, which the kind of one of my shorthand ways of explaining it, I've got a few. <laughs> I need to decide. <laughs> um, is that uh, we turn every small business into a publisher. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, what does that what does that even mean really? <laughs> well, so you know how you've got your blog section on your website and you sort of look at that and think, I really should write something in there. Um, we kind of take that away from people, uh, take that headache mm-hmm. away from them. Um, so we sit down, typically we'll sit down with a uh, a new client uh and their marketing team or you know, if it's the owners that, that run the business, find out what their goals are for, you, you know, usually the year ahead, but may, but maybe even longer than that. Just we should sit down and share with them their marketing goal, their business goals rather. Um, mm-hmm. And if they have a marketing plan and if they have a, they might, they'll already have a shape to their year as well. They'll maybe do events, conferences, there'll be busy times, there'll be quiet times. So we sit down and, and plan out what their Uh, goals are for the whole year and then we help them to come up with a strategy um, to use content to really support that so instead of just writing a random blog post about you know what you had for your dinner um, (laughs) we would try and come up with something that was going to be useful entertaining you know depending on what your brand values are depending on what image you want to put across and what kind of business they are as well um so for wedding photographers it might be around being really inspirational and talking in an exciting way about you know wedding things or or travel or you know whatever whatever we sit down and decide that they're target customers into um yeah so we come up with articles that would engage that person that fit in with the client's year so sometimes you might want the client to do something say um, register for something or you know whatever Um, so it's helpful Mm -hmm. to everybody because it's getting them to do the right thing at the right time Um, and then so we would publish those articles on the in your blog section and then when we supply them to clients they come ready 
uh, made with a whole bunch of social media snippets as well. So you don't have to worry about your social media as well, which is the other <coughs> headache that um, clients typically have. They're like, I don't want to put, know what to put in my blog and I don't know what to put on my social media. So it, it, <laughs> it solves both those things. Um, awesome. So then they're posting on Facebook, and Twitter and Instagram with these posts, which is always pointing people back to the website. And then once you've got them on your website, then you've got much more chance of being able to show them who you are as a brand, making them do what you want to do, leading them along that path to purchase, right. which is the important bit. And that's the bit of content that's quite often forgotten. So right. there's, a, there's a kind of there's a whole life cycle to it, really. You're really making me feel bad about my website right now as I think about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's true though. I do, I do think like it's a good point. Obviously, like the reason we do all these little bits and pieces of social media marketing is to drive people to our site. And I think mm. I think the websites are so often just, just left to sit for a few years when they really need some care and attention yeah, absolutely but you know we all do it mine was terrible I did, a, I did an interview for a friend of mine who's a journalist uh, and he interviewed me about what I do last year and then he just sent me a link to my own blog and said I'll just leave this here shall I and it was because oh my gosh, I hadn't written anything for a while so I'm just currently having my website rebuilt so it is my nice. goal for 2018 that I'm going to be all over it and doing what I do for customers and I do it for myself because it's always your own stuff that gets left or last, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's so true. <laughs> cool. And what kind of like, what kind of clients do you work with? Is it all different industries or do you find yourself working with a specific type of client more often? Hugely different, actually. Massively different. So um, we've worked in the past with, um, well, I'm currently with a lot of lifestyle clients. So lifestyle is one of our specialities. So that would be fashion and food, particularly. Um, we The best project that we ever worked on was for Wedgwood, you know, the um, tableware very mm-hmm. yes. heritage tableware. Absolutely. We worked for Wedgwood and Waterford Crystal. They're part of the same group. And we created a beautiful pair of online magazines for them. So the Waterford one was sort of around drinking and entertaining because it was all about glassware, stemware, and all these posh names for glasses that I didn't know existed. (laughs) And the Wedgwood one was about food and entertaining and fashion and kind of design. So we do quite a lot of that. Um, I've got a fashion client who does ethical fashion. Uh, she's had a really amazing year because the big TV chef, Nigella Lawson, I don't know if you know her. Yeah, sure yeah, do. She wore one of our dressing gowns on her TV show and tweeted about it. And it was one of those weird social media moments when the whole world goes mental. And <laughs> <That's so laughs> cool. the business owner was away. She was traveling around New Zealand with her family for five weeks around the, in the wilderness in the back of a camper van. And she left me in charge of the business. And we went from selling, you know, like 75 pounds worth of 
goods online a day to one day we sold 14 and a half thousand pounds oh my gosh <laughs> it was just crazy so yeah that's an ethical fashion and have got actually another ethical fashion um brand that do kids clothes which is another really nice one um Great, so yeah. kind of we've done uh we work with jewelers you know kind of like costume jewelry there's some really nice ones. Um, cake business, which is also cool. great. Chocolate. Um, but then also we do quite a lot that's business to business as well. So we'll ha- we have um, a mortgage broker, financial advisors, um, someone – I mean, this is just – it sounds really dry, but they do – when you've built a house and you have to have all the paperwork – signed off mm. for everything so which is called building compliance um yeah. they so that's what they do and so we've come up with a strategy for them which is about talking to builders about you know stuff that might interest them so it's it's really varied yeah yeah that's amazing you I guess you have to learn like a fair bit about each of these businesses yeah. as you go too yes definitely yeah and about the customers that you know might that they're talking to as well and get the tone of voice right I mean we've done anything we did um we white labeled a piece actually for somebody else that was for they they do amazing pimped up Land Rovers um cars and they're all kind of rich guys they start they're really expensive these cars so we we really had to kind of get into a sort of macho mindset for that. But then for the actual writing, what we'll often do there is is farm that out to a writer that we know that's a car specialist and that right. is used to talking okay, to okay. guys in their tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like when I've thought about having someone help just me personally with, with my business, this kind of stuff, mm. I feel like to me like a stumbling block to in that thinking process is always like, how are they going to know like, how to talk like I talk, like as my brand, obviously, I mean. Yes. And so like, do you find that, that, I mean, now you've been doing it for a long time, so it's probably easy, but is that kind of one of the harder parts is like figuring out the voice of the brand or is that actually easier than, it can, than people like me think it, think it would yeah, be? It can be hard. And in like your situation that you're sort of saying that where you and the brand are very closely aligned and almost one and the same thing, um, that mm-hmm. is harder. We've just taken on a client recently, actually. She's amazing. And she's a writer herself, but she's just overwhelmed with stuff. She writes... Um, um, food books, diet books, particularly, and okay. um, we had the same, exactly the same conversations with her because she writes very. She's a blogger as well. She writes a very personal stuff about kind of being slightly rubbish mom and you know kind of what it's like <laughs> to be putting you know to stick to your diet when the kids are around or you've got to go to work and then yeah we we it it takes a while and there's a little bit of to and fro and you talk about it a lot and you read what she's already written and try and get yourself into it and then the first few that we wrote um I think we sent about three and she sent them back and said I really love it it's really too polished it's really too good so we had to take some of our polish <laughs> and it up it. a bit. Yeah. And she said the way she wants to go, it's it's shown her, interestingly, that where she wants to grow as a brand is to be that bit more polished. So we're kind of going to then, instead of changing it all in one go, so it doesn't sound like her, we'll get there together. But, you know, yeah, we, you know, when you get really good feedback, you can just change it up and 
and completely you can usually do it unless somebody's really got a very distinct tone of voice <laughs> one of the things we found when yeah. we worked for Wedgwood was really interesting was because they had um a client base that was um older very wealthy and we had to choose the writers for that really carefully because um some of the younger writers that we got didn't know what that wealthy urban kind of 40 something woman's life was like they didn't know what her life looked like right yeah and so that took some doing and in fact so a couple of them we did keep on because it was a big project we needed a lot of writers and we had some good writers but we had to say right this is where you need to go for coffee for dinner these are the shops you need to go to, <laughs> to kind of experience that life and they were all oh, right yeah okay but if you don't if you don't know that customer at all it's really hard to write for him or her Totally. Mm. That makes sense. Mm. And yeah, when you first mentioned Wedgwood, mm. I thought of my stepmom who is a Wedgwood collector ah. and she is very much like she writes thank you notes on paper after you like come over for dinner to thank you for coming over. Oh. Like she's just very polished is really the word yeah. for, for her. I totally get it. That would be hard for just anyone to, to speak to that kind of client. Yeah, absolutely. And they, you know, there's an element of they, they went for a content strategy because at the time, because they wanted to attract a younger kind of slightly more hipper audience so it's a question of aligning yourself with the where the brand wants to go or the, you know where the business goals are um because obviously mm. they um a lot of their customers are getting older and older and then they're not they don't need mm. to buy this table they're not buying yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah exactly. so they wanted to make it a bit more relevant so that made it slightly easier um right so it, it bridged the gap a bit yeah right Okay, so I'm going to like use you for my own personal needs for a moment and ask you this question, which your last comment kind of led me there, which was, I feel like other people might find this interesting, but if not, that's fine. I, I will learn something, <laughs> um, which is as a brand, and I, I think that this is probably common in this industry. So I'm a planner, not a photographer, but you know, we, we live in a similar space. Mm. Our, my company's brand has always been kind of like the young hip, like not uptight, you know, not wearing a blazer and pearls type of planning company. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, as the years go by, we find ourselves wanting to position ourselves more in the luxury market. Right. We definitely charge in the luxury market pricing and we've sort of like grown up with our clients a bit, mm. but it's a really fine line to walk. And so I'm wondering if you have any like words of wisdom about being being cool and hip but being luxury at the same time so your Wedgwood thing made me think yeah, of that. yeah and that's exactly the space that they wanted to be actually and I think it's just getting under the skin of that client and if you the more you can get to know them and we do big uh, huge great um, pieces of paper that we and, the, and then we rip stuff out of newspapers and stick them all on to create a really rounded persona for that person so we've got a really good idea of of what brands they like and where they're shopping and where they're eating and that really helps we give them a name so we wouldn't have more than kind of three really key personas um, and so mm. for the luxury person it, it really does you know, and and as you grow with that your customer, you will get to know, I guess, that that client more. Um, mm. And I think, I think sometimes if if that isn't you, it it you kind of can make the mistake of thinking you have to be a little bit more stuffy and buttoned up than you actually do. 
I think, you know, I think they will probably buy into your brand. The way you described how your brand is, is just that's how modern businesses are now, isn't it? And we spend most yeah. of our time unbuttoning clients who are too buttoned up. So that idea, <laughs> that idea of being friendly and talking to people and sharing and kind of caring as well, you know, you might find out what those people care about. And um, that's a big thing that we talk to clients about. Um, when you think of some of the big successful content strategies of recent years, there's been things like Tom's where they've got their one for one, where they give a free pair of shoes um to somebody for every pair of shoes they sell in the west and the the dove real beauty campaign which is about you know empowering women of all different shapes sizes colors ages and all that kind of thing so um sometimes that can be a really good way to uh to make a touch point with your customer but i think that as long as you kind of just have the right brands in mind those sort of slightly luxury brands um people are people aren't they and they just buy you because they're like you it's true. It's so true. <laughs> Hope so. Yeah. And I th- there's this really nice market. I think we all like this market of, at least for me, for here in Vancouver, you know, this sort of mid 30s client that's getting married that, you know, are working full time, but really value the wedding because it's a wedding and they're not, you know, 21 and just wanting to put on a show for their friends. Mm. Um, but I, I felt someone said this to me the other day and you kind of said it just now, which is they're like you, you like you as in me, Aaron, are your own target client. You know, you're in your thirties, you have money. You're like, still think you're cool and hip, <laughs> even though you're getting older, like just be, be, be that. And those people will come. Absolutely. It's true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'll, I'll just keep posting pictures of my dog. Cause that seemed to be, have been working. <laughs> you can't beat a dog. It's true. You really can't. My dog only has three legs. I feel like that really was my secret to success. Fantastic. You need a dog and a sob story, and a dog with a sob story. Well, what can I exactly? Say? You've got it made. Now, you you must work with Instagram. Yeah, I know Instagram is a huge one um, for photographers, and it seems like this weird mystery of like, Oh, the algorithm has changed. Like how much do you know about that? How much does that matter? Do you think, or should people just do what they do? I think just do what you do. Although I have to put myself, put my hand up and say, I am not the Instagram expert in, in, in our organization. Um, okay, I'm, noted. I'm the Fair. words expert. Well, I've, there I've said it. I've put myself up on a pedestal. I know where I like it. You're the words expert. I know where the apostrophes go, but yeah, Instagram. <laughs> you know any of those things, and I think that um, when it comes to being found on social media, it's so difficult. And if it looks forced, it just will be forced. You know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in things like hashtags and keywords and SEO and all that kind of thing that we forget to just talk to human beings. And, and actually most of our customers are going to come from you seeing their friends or talking to their friends or, you know, buying on personal recommendation and things like that. I just think that's so much more important than trying totally. to crack an algorithm, which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is ever changing yeah, too. It's absolutely yeah. ever changing. Yeah. It's true. And I feel like Cole always tells me like I should just start posting only professional photos on my Instagram All right. because they did they did that with Nordica and it was like a game changer. And now they have like five jabillion followers. They do. But <laughs> I just like I feel like I just like I like Instagramming. And sometimes that's gonna be like 
a picture of my dog, like I said, or, you know, a plant in my house or something that I'm like, oh, this is pretty. I want to share yeah. it. And so I usually tell people, not that I'm any expert or have a massive Instagram, but like, just let it be something that's fun and that you enjoy and people who are into you will find it. Yeah, absolutely. And it depends what, I guess, what you're trying to put across, what you're trying to say and what you're trying to sell as well, isn't it? You know, and everybody's, everybody's brand has a different personality. You know, we, um, this weekend, my, my little hometown um, had a like a state visit from Zoella with her 10 million YouTube followers or whatever it is. And, you know, the, yeah. those people like that, they're absolutely huge on YouTube and Instagram and stuff. That's all posting stuff about themselves, isn't it? So, um, you know, that people are used to that now. It's the yeah. world has changed and particularly younger people are absolutely used to seeing every detail of somebody's life. So they're not freaked out by it. Totally. And so you're coming to Way Up North. Yes. Have you done this kind of speaking engagement before? Um, yeah, well, I've done things. I haven't done anything out of the country before in terms of speaking. So that'll be a new mm-hmm. experience. Although cool. big fan of Scandinavia. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, nice. I, have a, I had an ex, oh, well, I have an ex-husband who's Finnish. Swedish speaking (laughs) Finn but he's my ex-husband you know but I'm not holding that against anybody so um I'm looking forward to coming back but yeah um doing little bits and bobs of speaking stuff I I probably should do it more yeah well you you can be the judge of that when when I get there (laughs) (laughs) I will do you think you're going to be nervous you get nervous yeah yeah I'm sure I will yeah you've got to be nervous haven't you it's funny because I I guess a little bit I write quite a lot of speeches and presentations for people so right yeah and I've been sitting working on it it's quite a different experience to do it for yourself totally somebody else to do it for you I might have to get someone else to do mine <laughs> just come and deliver <laughs> just write it and put a client up there yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be speaking about without you know giving it all away yeah. but just a rough idea well just kind of what we've touched on um now really what I do for um with my job and how that can help people um to engage with their customers um you know to potentially bring in new clients and uh yeah just I guess a little bit about myself and how I've got to where I am and just the, the attitude that I have to it um you know I've got a really kind of practical attitude to it I don't like people that tell you can't do things or you know they like weave a spell around it and use really long words so that it frightens people into thinking oh I don't know how to do that you know I'd rather empower (laughs) people obviously you know I need clients but you know not everyone's going to be a client I'd rather empower people to do it themselves I hate that kind of like the Wizard of Oz thing where there's all this smoke and mirrors and then it's just a little guy peddling away behind the curtain (laughs) (laughs) I I think it comes from my my misspent youth as a punk and kind of just making fanzines and photocopying them and things like that that's the thing that I love about the internet is because I went from there to to being a journalist and working for much bigger news organizations and I I worked in tv as well um and the the means of communication wasn't within our grasp then and the fantastic thing about the internet is that we can all be published. We can all talk to absolutely anybody in the world. And, you know, as long as we're saying the right things and, and putting it in the right places so that people will see it, it's an incredibly democratic uh, way of going about things. And I just love that. You can just 
do anything. I get really excited. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. Before I worked in events, I worked in the music industry. And some people say, you know, the music industry is over and others say it's, you know, reborn. But it's the same kind of thing where, you know, not that long ago, you had to be on the radio. You had to be a select few to get out to the world. And now the world is just there for you. Exactly. All those gatekeepers are falling. And uh, it's so exciting to see how it's going to go. You know, I guess new gatekeepers will spring up in in its place and people will catch up. But we need to get out there and kind of disrupt things a bit before they haul us all back into line again. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> cool okay well i'll let you get back to your evening thank you. and thanks so much for giving us a little oh, a little taste of jacy thank you lovely to chat yeah, to you no worries. all right good to chat to you. you i look forward to seeing you in sweden thanks so much looking forward to it